Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey guys, and welcome to Paranormal Thoughts Podcast, and as always, thanks for joining me. In this episode, we're doing an interview with an abductee. Just before we get into that, though, I just want to say if you enjoy this podcast or any of our previous podcasts, please make sure you're subscribed. Also, if you use Apple Podcasts, feel free to leave us a five-star review, it really helps. If you want to keep in the loop with all of our social media, we're on Facebook and Instagram, you can jump on to either one of those or both. We have a blog, which is paranormalthoughtspodcast.wordpress.com. You can jump on there. Usually when I do an episode, any sort of extra content with links or videos or what kind of have you, any sort of research that I've found, I usually chuck up on there if you want to go and find some sources or just kind of want to do a bit of a deeper dive into that specific topic yourself. And finally, we are on Patreon. So if you want to get episodes early, extended episodes, bonus content, you can jump on there. It's $5 a month and it really does help out the podcast as well. So if you want to get a bit more out of Paranormal Thoughts, jump on over there and just know that your contribution is very much so helping this podcast stay alive. So as I always say, interview with an abductee is one of my favorite things to do here on the podcast. It is definitely, alien abduction is definitely the reason I started to do Paranormal Thoughts podcast. It was my biggest interest within the paranormal. Getting to speak with everyday experiences over the last five or so years has kind of completely changed my life, to be perfectly honest. Before that, you know, I'd only ever, I suppose, read in books and watched documentaries on experiences uh, telling their stories. But since then, I've spoken to so many different people from all around the world about their experiences. And this one today, we're speaking with Corey. Corey reached out to me on Reddit about his uh, experience that happened 15 or so years ago, and it's only been in the last maybe six months that he has actually uncovered the memory of that sort of initial big uh, moment that has sort of, you know, stemmed to where he is now with his sort of research. So it's a very different story that we're going to hear today. Um, you know, every everyone I've ever spoken to for this segment has a very different course of events you know they might have massive sort of similarities you know because with abduction there is kind of you know a very generic type story that can sort of unfold itself but with uh Corey him being so new into I guess discovering what happened even though it was quite some years ago he sort of has the beginning and the end but the middle is still very hazy and I even say to him I really appreciate him telling his story because I feel like his particular account is probably what majority of people would be sitting with right now, you know, not having the full story because it's very rare for people to remember the entire experience uh, without, you know, any hypnosis or I guess some other method of trying to figure out what exactly happened. So Corey is, you know, quite early in his sort of uncovering of his experience. And yeah, as I said, I think a lot of people would appreciate that because I feel like if you're listening and trying to toy with the idea of if you are experiencing alien abduction, what that sort of means for you, where you're sort of sitting with that, what to kind of do. You're probably on the exact same journey that Corey is currently on. So I do hope a lot of people can get something out of this chat. And of course, if you do jump on our Patreon, there is an extended cut of this interview that you're definitely going to want to hear. Thank you so much to Corey and let's get into interview with an abductee. Hey, Corey. How are you? 
Hey, all right. How you doing, Dylan? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing all right. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time and coming on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's it's an interesting story and I have other interesting stories, but it's sort of like, it's almost more beneficial to me in a way because it really helps to be able to talk about these types of things because it's it's so unusual and out there. It's not something that you can like talk to like your neighbor or your friend sometimes or your coworkers about. So it's it's almost like good to have a, a controlled environment where you can just sort of like relax and and just talk, you know, about what happened. That's the it is a very it's a very isolating thing to happen to someone. And that's kind of the reason why I wanted to start doing this particular segment, which is, you know, interviewing abductees because giving the experiencer an outlet I've spoken to people who have, you know, told very few people in their life um, and it's it's just a good way to, you know, no judgment here. And it's also when I put out these episodes, I've heard back from listeners and it's really helped them and made an impact on their life if they think they've had something very similar happen to them. I don't know, it, it really helps a lot of people in a lot of different ways, which I'd never really expected to have happen. So that's why I think... It's not only, you know, not only are these stories very entertaining for people who are into this particular topic, but it's also quite a important thing as well for people to hear these stories and, you know, for people like yourself to be able to do that if they so choose. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's important to note that these, this phenomenon can feel very isolating. So knowing that there's other people out there that this has happened to you know, I encourage anybody that is going through something similar to reach out. It can be jarring. It can be isolating. Um, it can be uncomfortable. It's just important to know that you're not alone, even if you don't really know anybody that this is happening to. 100%. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm 32 years old. I live in Maryland in the United States. Um, the story that I have primarily takes place in Virginia, where I used to live. I am a computer security engineer. The background of the history, um, I didn't really know for a long time that I've been uh, subject to the, you know, the UFO abduction phenomenon, but I didn't think for the longest time that really anything unusual was happening. It was only more recently when I remembered a series of events when I was uh, reading this book written by um, Dr. John Mack called uh, Abductions. And the the abduction phenomenon was sort of always in like the back of my head as like a thing, but I was m- always more interested in like uh, UFOs themselves and that whole phenomenon of just like, you know, it just felt like more tangible. But as time went on, I got around to researching other topics that surround UFOlogy or what have you. And that's when I came to realize that when I was reading these, this book, it highlights kind of the symptoms of the, um, you know, they call them experiencers, folks that have been abducted. And I remember reading it not too long ago, like just the, I think I started reading it December last year. And I kind of like had a nervous chill realization that I had a lot of the same kind of symptoms. Don't get me wrong. These could certainly just be normal psychological slash medical conditions, but it sort of put the thought in my mind and made me realize that there were a lot of weird incidents that I can't really explain what happened when I was younger. And they actually, what's kind of creepy is they're still happening today. I just wanted to say, I always love, you know, asking people the question even before they sort of tell me about their experience is what their sort of thoughts were often around UFO abduction phenomenon, whether they had any sort of interest or ever really gave it any thought and you kind of just summarised it there a little bit. I find it really fascinating that's kind of the way that you came to the realisation that maybe something has happened to you from, you know, doing some reading and then actually kind of reading almost your life in this book. Right. In a sense, like, that must be, it must have been a very intense, eerie sensation um, seeing, you know, on paper, this is what I'm experiencing. I'm a very straightforward kind of guy when it comes to like my beliefs, you know, you kind of have to see it to believe it, right? When it comes to learning things, I was always interested in the craft. Like I I remember seeing like pictures and videos of it when I was a little kid and just going like, it's sort of just, it's, it's the ultimate question, right? Of like, 
what is it? What, you know, what's out there? Is there other life in the universe? And is it here? Or is it in that little saucer? What's going on? I, I grew up with the, the beginnings of the internet. And back in like, you know, SCSI and dial-up days. And it was interesting seeing what other people thought about it too. And then when things like shareware came out, you know, you could actually see pictures that people took, you know, and some of them were hoaxes, but um, some of them were pretty compelling. It really sort of decued my interest. Not so much that like I was going crazy researching the stuff, but it was always sort of in the back of my mind. And that was, uh, that kind of changed in 2017. I think it was when the New York Times article came out that kind of discussed three cases that sort of blew open the the topic into the mainstream. And that was, you know, like a, the Tic Tac incident, the Go Fast video. Those, those, there were three videos. And the gimbal, yep. Yeah, and the gimbal, right? And I was immediately like, I was so thought provoked that I was, I had to, I had to know more about this, right? So, I watched every documentary, I read every article, I researched everything that I could, and all the the tertiary topics like uh, abduction or maybe underwater UFOs or you know all the side sort of topics I kind of just put to the side. You know, when I finally got around to the abduction ones, it sort of made me to go, "Oh crap!" <laughs> uh, shoot, well that explains a lot, you know. <laughs> what year and where did this experience take place? So, gosh, I don't remember the year off the top of my head. I know I was 17. So this was probably around like 2005. So I guess where we grew up, it's located, it's, it's in Virginia, but it's kind of weird. It's, it's part of a peninsula that's not connected to mainland Virginia called the Eastern Shore of Virginia. This place, it's pretty remote. So I started attending our local community college. I'm leaving class. This is late at night. They close the doors at like 10 o'clock. I hop in my car, which is, it's a 93 Jeep Wrangler. Open top. I'm driving home. I'm by myself. I'm almost home at this point. It's a gorgeous night. Um, it's not quite a full moon. Like you can, you can see really well. And I make it to this clearing uh, that's on this one bend that I always slow down because once it opens up, there's usually deer. I'm slowing down to scan the, this field, this clearing that's off of my right, and I don't see anything. I don't see any deer, nothing. So I say, okay, cool. So I keep going, and that's right around at that moment is when uh, I, I notice that the car just becomes illuminated, almost a blindingly bright light to the point where I, I'm starting to get confused as to where the source of light is coming from. And it looks just like a normal almost like a daylight color or hue, if you will. It's illuminating the entire cab of the car, which is confusing me because if it was something like headlights, you know, because I'm checking the rearview mirror thinking, is somebody barreling down on me? Where did they come from or whatever? And there's there's nothing behind me. There's no headlights. And that's when I, I realized that the light is kind of weird because I can see my arms on the steering wheel are illuminated. It's not, it's not casting a, a shadow as though it was coming from behind me. It was like my, my lap is illuminated. Looking back at it now, you know, it, it makes sense that the, that the light is coming from an upward direction, right? Or it's pointing down at the car. Because that, in my mind, makes the most sense. You know, I don't have a roof on the car. So it, it just seems like the car's Either it's like illuminating everywhere or it's being cast down from above. This goes on for another couple seconds of me just being very confused and looking inside the cab, looking outside and seeing it's, it looks like it's 11, 1130 at night. It looks like it's dark out. And then I look back in my car and it's illuminated, look out, you know, and I'm sort of like doing this like triple take of what's actually happening. All of a sudden, my eyes started getting really heavy. My head is getting heavy, almost like. I'm being put to sleep and I'm trying to fight it because I'm, I'm driving a manual car and I know I'm going to crash, you know, if I just like yank the wheel in either direction or if I keep going straight long enough, I'm going to end up in a ditch because there's an S bend coming up. I, I pass out. Like I, I really try to fight it. Um, but it knocks me out within the course of like a second or two. And I wake up and I am about, a half mile down the road on another 
path. Like if, if you were to keep going straight, you would have had to make two like 90 degree turn on, on an S-bend and then take a right on a gravel road. And I wake up on the side of that road about five and a half hours later. This is at like 4.15, 4.30 in the morning. And I'm very, very drowsy. I am like not really thinking straight. I'm trying to start the car. But interesting enough, it's still in like third or third or fourth gear. Um, the keys were already in the ignition and uh, the car starts up just fine. I just pull on the road. I, and it's weird because I'm not even thinking. None of this seems weird to me at this point or really is giving me pause or makes me, you know, think twice about something. The, the first thing that does is that the, the sun's actually starting to come up now. And, you know, the birds are starting to chirp and things like that. I don't understand what's happening. You know, I'm, I'm very almost disoriented and confused and I get home and I am so confused because I'm, I'm walking around my house trying to figure out what the heck happened. You know, I don't understand me driving into my house at like four 15 in the morning or how that happened. And I'm, I, I pace around in my room. Everybody's asleep. And I can't kind of piece together what happened because at this point in time, I don't actually remember seeing the light. And I, I don't remember seeing that light for many, many, many years. It wasn't until like late last year, early this year that I actually remembered that part. So this goes back to the Dr. John Mack book you were reading. So from reading that, you were able to start uncovering this memory? Yeah. So um, I've been struggling with um, anxiety issues specifically around sleeping in my own bed, mm-hmm. um, which sounds silly, but it's, it's literally like one of the other symptoms. Um, you know, I can't sleep in the dark, things like this, that kind of caused me to research a little bit on, okay, well, what do people do to combat this? And a lot of people say that they meditation helps them. So I started getting into meditation. When I got to that point in the book that was talking about the symptoms, you know, I, I said to myself, well, I'm going to try to really focus and meditate on that lost time. I'm, I'm going to try to see if I can actually recall it. The first thing I remembered is actually seeing my arms illuminated at night. And then everything else just kind of came like a flood. I don't, I don't know what it is that they do, but and when I say they, I mean like whoever's doing the abducting, they have some way of blocking or hazing your memory. Because, I mean, if we look at it from a, a, a biological standpoint, they have some way of stopping you from remembering things or basically turning you off. Even while driving like a motor vehicle, it's kind of scary. Yeah. I find it really fascinating that you were able to, I suppose, self-diagnose what you might have needed to do, I suppose, with the meditating to unlock that memory. Obviously, trying to uncover memories that have been purposely hidden is a very difficult thing. And, you know, I suppose a lot of people do go down the route of hypnotic regression, which there's, you know, arguments uh, for and against that. But the fact that you were able to kind of look within yourself and uncover some answers is uh, it's pretty amazing. It opened up like a can of worms. Because once, once I got that memory back, it was sort of confirmation. Because I, I, I have quite a few... Um, incidents that happen while I'm in bed, but it's so hard to to look at that subjectively and say definitively, you know, this was aliens or whatever, because you know, sleep paralysis is a thing. It is possible that you can experience sleep paralysis and you can mistake it for, oh, there's an alien in my room, or oh, I can't move. You know, those types of things are explainable, but. I've had a number of things that are just like on the edge of, okay, this, this is weird and this doesn't make sense. It's kind of frustrating. This is why like, you know, people tell me they wish that like they could have this happen to them. And I tell them, no, you don't (laughs) because it's nerve wracking knowing that like you're basically helpless to their whims. They can just come in and scoop you up whenever they want. And it's, it's kind of terrifying. So do you think this has been a recurring thing throughout your life as well? It wasn't just this one event? Yeah, I think so. I have um, some other quirks that are just like, they've always kind of followed me 
throughout my life. And I've just kind of just been like, yep, that's just how I am. So when would you think that these quirks started to appear? It, it had to be at a very young age. One of the quirks that I guess I'm describing is called sensory defensiveness. And it's kind of weird to describe, uh, but basically certain physical stimuli are triggering in a sense of like, if you've ever seen someone that recoils when they're touched, like if you were to put your hand on their shoulder and they would flinch, that's a form of sensory defensiveness. So I've always kind of been like that. And it's, it's kind of frustrating because like I have to use a separate set of blankets when I, when I sleep with my girlfriend, or sometimes I will even prefer sleeping on a different bed because the physical stimuli is just overwhelming. And it's so weird just because I've never met anyone that's like that. And I've always been like that for as long as I can remember. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And what are some of the other things that you have sort of noticed that you believe put you into the abductee category? One of the bigger ones is sort of the fear of the dark. The other are like having dreams where you're floating. That one's pretty common. One of the other symptoms is... If you see a picture or, or like an artist's rendition of what they call the greys, if you're talking about types of aliens, they're the most common. If you see a picture of them and you have like anxiety, like I, I almost, I can't even look at a picture of them They're which is kind of frustrating because I love researching the topic, but seeing a picture of them is so unnerving and so like, I can't, I can't like focus about it on it too much or else like my anxiety will just flare up. Yeah. And that's a very common thing. I've interviewed people uh, with that exact same thing from even from a young age, them seeing these, you know, beings on TV or, you know, in books. And, you know, I suppose they are an unnerving thing to begin with, you know, because they are somewhat human, but just with, you know, large eyes, like just sort of a very distorted version of, I suppose, you know, us. But, um, yeah, people do, as you just said, have it's a whole other level of it where it's that anxiety that just doesn't make sense. You can be unnerved by something, but when your anxiety really comes into it where you can't even, you know, you can't even imagine looking at it, that is, yeah, definitely a common alarm when, you know, when you're looking at if you could be sort of falling into this category. Yeah, I, I've had other 
I mean, the other thing are just like the weird things that have happened to me while I've been in bed are, are sort of like other tells. Like there was another incident when I was living on the Eastern shore of Virginia where I was, uh, I was home alone at the time. I'm just relaxing at this point by myself watching something on the TV. I just turned off. Like, I mean, I could have just fallen asleep, but the thing is I woke up in like the side of the room laying down on my back with my arms spread out, which meant I would have had to like somersault over a coffee table to get to this other side. I don't remember exactly how much time has passed, but the sun was up when I lost consciousness and the sun was down when I woke up. And that was one where I didn't actually originally remember this story. I had a, I, I talked to my parents about the, the last story I told you. My mom told me, she remembered this time where I called her in a panic that I just passed out. I explained what had happened to her and they took me to like a, you know, the hospital to, give me a medical examination and things like that. Um, nothing came up unusual. So there's, there's like incidents like that where it's like, yeah, you could, you could explain something like that happening. Right. I mean, I could just be sleepwalking. These sort of things have just been sprinkled throughout my whole life. And I kind of never really put two and two together. It's that thing of a lot of these type of signs that you're explaining, they can be explained, obviously, in sort of modern terms, as you said, like sleepwalking, sleep paralysis. Um, but I guess you got to look at it from the point of view of if you're having all of them, which is, you know, probably not very common and, you know, a bit unnerving, I suppose, uh, then, yeah, you can obviously look at that with a bit of a broader eye and go, okay, well, if all of this is happening, it is more so likely to be something a little more abnormal but that that is the thing that yes a lot of experiences that people have you know i guess these signs can be you know proved as you know quite normal phenomenon but thing is to you know yourself better than anyone and if you don't think that you are potentially getting up sleepwalking and then just laying yourself back down and even as you said you have that you know it's like that fighting of trying not to pass out, you know, that's definitely not a normal thing and so on. So it's there's a lot of very interesting aspects to what's going on and the fact that it's all kind of happening um, to you at once is, you know, pretty pretty alarming really. It's kind of hard to explain because a lot of times these things come to me, like the really weird things come to me as dreams. But then like I'll wake up the next day and I'll have like scratches on me or something unusual will have happened. I've seen lights in my room before and it's the most peculiar thing. It's it's like a a white, a pure white light that only illuminated part of my room and it was the part that was surrounding my bed. But it's it's so hard to to say what's really going on because I can't actually remember um, anything that's in between these, you know, gaps in time. Um, cause that's, yeah, that's the other big one too, right? Is you're, you lose that time, like your memory starts and stops. That doesn't normally happen to me. You know, I, I, I grew up, um, on the shore when my friends was narcoleptic and, you know, we, if we were playing cards or something, we'd have to wake him up for his turn, you know? And, uh, that's, that's just him, you know, but I never really shared kind of the same symptoms. It's more of like, like it's really hard to rationalize what what could have happened, like what could have made me black out and continue to operate my car through two 90-degree turns and then turn another 90-degree turn onto a dirt road while passed out. And like what happened in those five and a half hours. It scares me to think about that kind of stuff because I don't know the answer to what happened. To, to me, like the whole abduction phenomenon makes the most sense. Because I can't really rationalize it otherwise. I, I, I talked to my parents about it, and my mom's that she's seen a UFO under um, kind of unusual circumstances. She was, this was like before I was even born, or, or maybe I was just, no, actually, I was, I was just born. I wasn't even a year old at the time. And she was walking around the house late at night, couldn't sleep at like four in the morning, and saw your typical saucer-shaped UFO with red lights on the side spinning above the neighbor's house. 
Um, and having very close proximity or, or sight lines to UFOs are, they can be um, symptoms related to abduction. Like you, you might have been abducted, you might not have. It, it's, it's one of those really difficult ones to, you know, obviously you're sort of fighting with this very strange experience and when all the sort of signs are pointing towards this phenomenon that, you know, even though people, you know, will say it's very outlandish, but how else can you kind of explain what has happened to you? You know, it's it's that thing, you were driving a car, you, you know, saw this very bright light, next thing you've lost um, numerous hours of time and yet, you know, the car is in a position where if you were just, you know, to take your foot off the accelerator, you would have ended up, you know, in a ditch, as you said. There's just no possible way of that, you know, making any sense. That is a very hard thing to find another explanation. Since, you know, I guess since sort of uncovering this memory and then I guess, you know, having that door opened and being able to reflect over your, you know, whole life and you always thought you had these kind of quirks and now these these sort of experiences that you've had your whole life can start to make a little bit more sense, even though it kind of doesn't, you know, because as you said, it does open up a can of worms where it's it's like, great, okay, this might be happening to me, but what what exactly is that thing? You know, it's it's sort of, I guess, like a false sense of like, maybe I'm a part of this, but then it's a whole, nother, a whole new world out there once you start to believe that abductions are happening to you and so on. But in your sort of research, what have you sort of uncovered for why you think this might be happening to others and also maybe to you personally? I, I kind of have my own perspective or my own opinion that I think what we're, what we're dealing with when we talk about the greys is the, the species itself looks very similar to ours. Um, and that could just be, you know, a byproduct of natural evolution, you know, having two eyes, having redundant eyes, having redundant hands, um, you know, could just be a byproduct of evolution. And that's what like other species would look like just growing up under different atmospheres. I'm almost more inclined to believe that they're biologically engineered human in the sense that like they've collected sperm from someone and then they collected eggs from someone else. And then they just genetically modify them to make them crazy smart, you know, if you were to edit or if you were to like play a video game and use like a character slider and you'd like max out their intelligence or whatever, but whatever it is that they're doing is like, I think it's twofold. It's either like they're kind of collecting samples to sort of like make more of themselves because they are biological beings or they're sort of like backing up the human race. Definitely at what you're saying seems to be becoming more and more of the agreed upon thought of what could be going on and it, it does make sense you know obviously them being a flesh being like us and doing some sort of experimenting obviously something to do with genetics as we know a lot of sperm and eggs being taken and you know i've spoken to people with uh their fetuses being taken and so on like they're very interested mm-hmm. in the whole reproductive system and also I, I did make a note here as well as you just said um it does seem to be a hereditary thing running in families and the fact that your mother uh, has seen a UFO as well, uh, that sort of was a bit of a flag to me because that is time and time again so common, Uh, especially it seems to be what I've come across a lot of the times, um, mothers as well. Yeah, I don't don't know if that's actually a proven thing or anything, but just from, yeah, a lot of these experiences, people often, it's the mother's side that um, seems to maybe pass down this particular thing but uh yeah very in your case it's it's very interesting because you have a lot of attributes going on and also you know i've spoken with people who can literally recall their entire experience right i've spoken to people who have very fleeting memories and you know so i think it's great to hear from people at, at all different levels because it's the reality I'm so appreciative that you've come on here and said you've kind of uncovered this memory. You sort of remember the start and the end of it, but the middle, you don't. And rather than sort of fabricating a story, that you're being very honest with that. And even though I feel like some people might go, oh, well, that's not very 
interesting per se. It's like where's the, where's the you know the actual memory of what actually happened, but you don't remember that, which is totally fine. But I think it's it's good for people to know that this is like this is the reality of it. You know, people aren't recalling being on a table all the time, seeing these beings, having some sort of communication, remembering exactly what's happened. But that's a whole other thing. Like that's obviously very traumatic. But in your case, you know, maybe knowing would be better, but also not knowing would be very hard because you're just in that constant battle of well, what the fuck happened to me? You know, right. like what, right. where, where do you sit within this? And, um, you know, as you said, what you have uncovered has been a very recent journey, I suppose, and I guess it's going to be a very long life journey now. But how do you feel about what has happened and I guess what will probably continue to happen? How do you see yourself sort of moving forward? You know, you've had this very bizarre experience that it's very hard to talk to or talk about with other people. And it's just like, all right, well, I just have to sort of continue on. Do you have any advice for people as well on, I guess, the way you plan to do that? Yeah. So, so whatever it is that's happening is you, you don't really have any kind of control over it. it. In the same sense that like we would pull a shark out of the ocean, tag it and send it back. Whatever it is they're doing, they're trying not to be invasive on, on, in, you know, more so than they need to be. They have a genuine purpose to be doing what it is that they're doing. So if you do think this is happening to you, just try to relax and, and think of whatever it is they're doing. They, probably have a good reason to. But what's interesting is since this is sort of like I've gotten more interested in the topic, there are like support groups that exist out there. I would try to talk to therapists because, you know, they, they've seen this before. That's literally how like that book we mentioned came to be was, you know, psychiatrists just kept getting patients that had these symptoms, right? They can be equipped with the tools. If, if they truly don't, know or don't understand then maybe try a different therapist but i found that helped that has helped me a lot i don't know if we have time for another story but something quite recently happened that was like of of note yeah 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 go for it okay so the, i told my abduction story from my car um from when i was 17 i've told that story before to some other people and since then i've sort of thought about okay, like they've been coming periodically here and there throughout my entire life. And there's almost like nothing I can really do to stop that. So I started to think what things can I do to sort of maybe catch them in the act. So I started to think about it and I came up with the idea of using a sleep monitor to track myself while I sleep. Cause at least that could help me rationalize. Maybe like if I had an awful dream or something, or if something happened, but I didn't move out of my bed, then Maybe that was just a dream, you know, that I'm, I'm probably fine. And this could certainly be a dream. You know, I'm not saying 100%, you know, history channel guy, aliens, but something very of note happened. One night I was lying in bed and I drifted off to sleep and I woke up and I started experiencing, it, it was weird because I, I was having normal dreams and then I started to feel very, very tactile dreams in the sense that like it felt it felt a lot more real this one's weird because i couldn't actually see anything it was it was just all physical stimuli and i was naked i had like a hand on each of my shoulders and they were helping me sit into a chair i'm i'm very dizzy almost disoriented and i am getting put into what i can only describe as like a bucket seat from a roller coaster that like uh, if you were to get in like a like a suspension roller coaster, you know the kind that they have like those seats that kind of contour around you, and like a guardrail comes down from above you and locks in between your legs. Yeah, um, it felt just like that. I'm I'm being helped into this chair, and it's contoured like almost perfectly around me. So at this point in time, I'm trying to focus on, you know, I'm like, is this this is a dream? Let me control whatever this is that's happening and i'm sort of not able to and i'm starting to go into this like self-defense mode where i'm like oh god i'm being abducted i'm going to try to communicate really 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 hard with 
these beings. But I'm I'm so dazed and confused that it's it's coming out all slurred. I'm sort of like, oh, I want to talk, you know, and uh, I'm sort of getting nothing back. I'm getting frustrated because I'm not I'm not hearing anything, and I can't open my eyes for whatever reason. Either that, or the room is like just pitch black. At this point in time. I realize that my arms are to my sides. So I'm starting to like try to move my arms. Uh, like I'm gaining some physical control back and I'm starting to flail around, but it's weird because my arms, their movements are restricted at like the biceps, almost to the point where if you were like lay down and spread your arms out wide, it was almost like my biceps were strapped down. So I could just move my forearms and I'm flailing around in what's, and this this kind of like scares me a little bit, but I actually grab a hold of somebody and with my left hand and I grab onto something I'm guessing as a person because it actually tries to fight me a little bit. I can only describe that it felt like a very almost like a coarse canvas type material is how I would describe it. It was kind of unsettling because whatever it was was very light because I try to pick it up like to pull it in front of me. And so, you know, I could, I could address it because I couldn't turn my head at this point. It felt like my head was strapped down, like uh, at the, it almost felt like my, my forehead was like strapped to this bucket chair that I'm in. And this actually, whatever it is that I'm grabbing also grounds me because I realized I'm laying, I'm now laying on my back because I'm, I, I start to pull the thing up and that's when I'm like, Hey, this is, if this is a person, this is a very light person. And then they swap my hand away. <laughs> then uh, something weird happens. I feel an injection in the back of my head, like a, like almost something that's shaped like a cone is what it, what I can describe as. Just feels like it's just wedged deep into the back of my head. And then I get this feeling of pressure, almost like the like a sound, like a vibrating sound, just at the base of my skull. And then I wake up the next morning. I'm just like, wow, that was a crazy dream, right? It's obviously my first thought that felt so real. It was very tactile. You know, my dreams aren't normally like that. I don't normally feel like physical sensation when I touch things. And that's when I say, well, I said, let me check my little trap because I'll check my sleep monitor. And my sleep monitor says I was awake for 45 minutes at like 2.30, 3 in the morning. And at that point in time, I kind of just go, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, what actually happened last night? Because I don't remember being awake for 45 minutes. Yeah, that one. Is, and that happened very recently, two, two months ago, I would say. Okay. Yeah, definitely some more confirmation of something out of the ordinary going on to you. Could It could have been a dream. I'll admit it, it very well could have been, but it felt very different from a normal dream. When I have those thoughts in a dream that I'm in a dream, um, I can usually gain control of them just because I, I practice lucid dreaming before. So I'm pretty good at recognizing and, and gaining control of a dream if I notice it's a dream. A lot of times, you know, they'll have to you'll have to do what are called reality checks, where like you sort of train your brain to think in a dream, am I in a dream or not? But this one, it felt so different. I, I that was my first thought is I was like. Am I in a dream? I'm going to try to gain control of it. But the lack of like being able to open my eyes or see anything confuses me greatly. Um, because like if it if that actually happened, then why couldn't I see it? And that almost makes it makes me more inclined to think it was a dream. But then why was I awake for 45 minutes, not in my bed, and didn't know about it? <laughs> Like, I can understand maybe like a minute or two to get up and use the bathroom, but 45 minutes is about like how much time people usually get abducted for. That's, that's really interesting. Definitely keep doing the, um, yeah, the sleep tracker and see. Uh, yeah, it'd, be inter- it'd be interesting to see if there was some sort of pattern as well um, and you could actually you know maybe figure out how often this was happening as well. This, this thing? could be happening as often as like maybe a couple of times a year. And, and maybe I'm just catching the outliers of like the times that I can't remember or the times that I think, Hey, something's unusual. And I put it in the data bank. You know, I, I was almost in the more, more conservative of maybe just once every like five or six years or something like that. But um, 
like since that sleep incident has happened because i've had other incidents too where but it's just it's so close to being able to say like oh that was sleep paralysis um but that's that's why i have started to investigate well what can i do to get confirmation uh or like at least a bullying response on did this actually happen or not um and that was sort of the solution i came up with um because i i am also researching um you know and you mentioned earlier regression uh, hypnotherapists, it's kind of hard to find them. <laughs> well, the, the big thing is, is with, with COVID going on right now, a lot of them aren't seeing people in person and they need to be able to hypnotize you. So they'd likely need to be in person. That's it. It's it's one thing to normally just say, oh yeah, I'll go find a hypnotherapist who are going to do it in a non-judgmental way and also, you know, not try to implant memories and all that, let alone, you know, yeah. then actually not being able to... Uh, actually be in the same room as one like i can imagine there that's that's very tough it's it's a very hard situation it's a very delicate topic for a lot of people obviously because it's you know it's like the word abduction you know in i guess like worldly terms is very extreme you know being abducted by whomever uh and then you know to sort of think about it in the sense of what we're talking about where it's we don't know what these beings are if they are sort of earth bound or what can have you it's it's terrifying really and it's it's very invasive yet people you know mock it won't give it the time of day it's it's terrible it'd be like you know someone coming forward maybe a victim of sexual assault and then people just completely disregarding it and that does happen too with abductions you know yeah like that that is very prevalent uh and you know people have you know then gone to see doctors and they have had trauma as well so it's yeah, it's a very delicate topic. I'm so glad that someone like yourself um, is happy to sort of speak up and kind of, you know, take people along this journey as well because there's obviously a lot of people out there who will never speak of it, which is completely fine if that's what they want to do. But I would just like to hope that maybe those people could come across this interview or, you know, other people's uh, podcasts and so on and kind of just know that they're not alone there are sort of ways to help yourself, but just to, I don't know, I think it's just nice to know that people are in the exact same situation and, you know, you can to some extent just kind of continue on uh, and not let it fully consume your life, hopefully, unless you want it to, um, which is kind of where I'm at now with doing this <laughs> podcast and so on, which is a whole other thing. But, yeah, it's it's uh, it's great that someone like yourself can um, do that because it's I think it's so important yeah just know that you, it's making a difference so i really like applaud you for doing that hey thank thank you for doing what you're doing right now this is uh given us you know experiencers not just experiencers but that's the whole paranormal topic you know it takes time to build a platform and produce content you know it's it's not easy um so i really appreciate a lot of effort that you put into this and, uh, you know, everything that you do. I think it's great. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. So, yeah, yeah, you can reach me on Reddit. It's Frank E, the letter E, G, spelled G-E-E, <laughs> 88. You can catch me on Reddit. You know, like I said, I'm, I I try to lend support the folks on the, um, the abduction subreddit. Um. So if you if you are interested in uh, talking to another experiencer, or if you just want to talk privately, or if you don't know where to go or what to do or what X Y Z means, um, I've researched it a ton. I I have a a good amount of experience in rationalizing what what these things mean. Of course, I have my own opinion. I don't push it on anybody. I don't have an agenda. I'm literally just here to support people if they need it. Yeah, and thank you for offering for people to get in touch as well. That's that's the thing I've been really amazed by. Kind of everyone I've spoken to in a similar situation, I'm more than happy to discuss with people, which is just great to really keep building that community. I'm sure we'll speak again in the near future. Thanks so much for your time, Dylan. I appreciate it as always. Well, there you go. There was interview with abductee with Corey. Thank you once again so much to Corey for coming on. I really did enjoy that chat. 
I feel like we're both very like-minded and, you know, he does definitely come across as someone who's quite sceptical, you know. Uh, we talk about, I guess, rational sort of explanations for what goes on, so he's definitely not just jumping to the very first conclusion. I think for him personally, by the sounds of it, he would much prefer to wake up one day and have all the answers that, oh, no, you are experiencing very normal human-type behaviour that has nothing to do with any extraterrestrial-type beings or anything like that. Um, But, you know, from the conversation, it is sort of very hard to, I guess, come to a conclusion that that would be the case rather than maybe something a little bit abnormal happening to him where it does put him in the abductee type category for me anyway so thank you so much for Corey for coming on taking the time to you know hopefully help you guys out if uh if you're experiencing a very similar thing and of course as i mentioned if you want the full extended chat with Corey, you can jump on our patreon all the links for everything all the links for our podcast are in the description of this podcast and of course thank you guys so much for listening i really appreciate you taking the time to, you know, there's a lot of content out there in this day and age and the fact that you all still keep coming back to Paranormal Thoughts Podcast is the exact reason I'm just going to keep on making it. So thank you guys so much and I'll catch you in another podcast episode real soon. Thanks, bye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.